Hey guys, welcome to Because I Said So, the podcast where we discuss age and how it affects how we perceive ourselves, how we perceive others, and the conversations that we have because of it. Thank you for listening, and please leave a review to support the podcast. Thank you. Hey everybody, we have a very special guest today. Her name is Audrey Hines. Audrey, do you want to introduce yourself? Okay, yeah. Hi, um, my name is Audrey. I'm 18. I graduated from Hume Fog back in May and I'm currently taking a gap year. Yeah, and so kind of just diving into what senior year was like when the pandemic hit. Um, did you expect it to kind of encompass and take up all of your senior year and what were your initial kind of thoughts going into all of that? I was not expecting it to take up my entire senior year because back when it happened, so it was in March, right after the tornadoes had happened. Um, and it was right before I had a bunch of projects due that I had to catch up on because of the tornado. Um, and the night that we found out I was in my room, I was getting ready to pull an all-nighter because I had stuff to submit for YIG and I had several tests that I had procrastinated on studying for. And my mom came in, she's like, you're going to have an early spring break. And I burst into tears. So I was like, oh yeah, spring break. Love, lovely. Like, and I really didn't think much of it. Um, and my initial reaction was kind of like excitement because I, I was thrilled at the fact that I wouldn't have to pull an all-nighter and that I could go to sleep. And I was like, this is only going to be for a little bit. It's not going to be something that, you know, ends up taking away my graduation um, and eventually like starting college because... I didn't even plan on taking a gap year until about two weeks before I was supposed to leave for college. It was a very last minute decision. Yeah. So kind of diving into that timeline of when you realized that this was going to really change things your senior year, when did you kind of realize that? And what were your initial thoughts, obviously being a senior and thinking about going into college just at the beginning? I think it really hit me, the severity of it hit me kind of at the very beginning of May, maybe late April, um, when it became pretty clear that we weren't going to be going back to school. Um, We started getting ready for our drive-by graduation, which I actually was very happy with the outcome of that. Um, But then I started getting emails from my college about move-in and how orientation was going to be changed. and my parents and I were, were really upset and we had to start doing some like extra planning because both of my parents are high risk for COVID. Um, and so we, from the beginning, took COVID pretty seriously, I would say. And it was, it was, it was really sad. It, it made me quite upset, honestly. Um, but a gap year, like I, the gap year wasn't even in, in my head until the beginning of August. Like it, it was not even something that I was remotely considering until beginning of August. So yeah, yeah I, I was still anticipating going. Yeah. And so what in the beginning of August kind of like made you start thinking about a gap year? Like what um, initiated that and kind of like what in your circumstances initiated that as well? So I really started thinking about it right after I registered for my classes um, because my major was environment and still is for the most part environmental engineering um, and political science. And I was also in this program called the Presidential Leadership Program, 
um, and a big part of that thing, that, that program is going to Mexico um, and working on sustainability projects. That, that's a huge part of the program. And most of my classes were very, very interactive classes. Um, and they were not something that I really felt comfortable doing online. Um, you know, I had, I had the privilege to even think that taking a gap year was an option. And I realized that's not the case for everyone, but it just wasn't something that I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to have the full college experience. I wanted to be able to have all my classes in person um, because a lot of my classes were hands-on and I really didn't feel like I could do any science classes online, like all of my lab classes, any classes, none of, none of them really felt conducive to an online learning environment. Yeah, and how long did it take for you to really make that decision be like, okay, like this is what we're doing and how did your parents react to it? What were those conversations like? So I'll kind of start off in the, when I was in ninth grade, my freshman year, I, I kind of had this idea floating around in my head that I could take a year off and just like travel the world. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and that's mainly because for the most part, that's what I was like seeing everyone do on YouTube. And I was like, whoa, that would be so cool. Yeah. Um, and my, my parents shot that down right away. They're like, absolutely not. And, and I think a lot of people have like, want have like thought about taking a gap year because it, it's incredibly appealing, um, especially after coming from Hume Fog, I really needed a break. Um, and that was that was one part of it. Um, but actually, the initial reaction from my parents was quite supportive. Sorry about my phone. Um, You're fine. The initial reaction from my parents was quite supportive, um, which surprised me because based off how they reacted my freshman year, I thought that they wouldn't be a huge fan, um, but they were actually quite in favor of it um, because of COVID. Um, so I had to make my final decision by move-in day, which was August 26. Um, and we were scheduled to leave about like a week and a half before, before my move-in day because we wanted to do some hiking. We wanted to, we were, we were renting a cabin up in Fort Collins, um, which is where my college is, Colorado State. It's up in Fort Collins. And we were going to rent a cabin, do some hiking, do like all my shopping and everything that I needed to do for moving. We weren't going to drive because that, that's not an option. It's 20 hours from Nashville to Fort Collins. And no, absolutely yeah. not. Um, so we were planning on flying and we were going to go a week and a half early. So when I, when it came to my head, um, it, it was kind of just floating around, sitting in there for a couple of days. And I was like, okay, I, I really need to talk, talk through this and see if it's even a possibility that, I would be able to do. Um, and I did my research. I, I have a pretty good scholarship from CSU. That wouldn't change. Um, my involvement in the programs wouldn't change. Um, I talked to admissions counselors and then I made a chart um, and I called all of my friends and I talked to every single one. I was like, okay, these are the pros, these are the cons. Um, and at the end of it, I didn't see any real cons. Um, I honestly didn't see anything negative that could come from this. I only saw positives. Um, and that's when I started talking to my parents about it. My, when my parents and I made the decision, it took us a couple of days of talking um, because we kind of went over expectations for the gap year, um, what, what I wanted to come from it, how I was going, what I was going to do with my time, um, how I was going, I needed to cancel my housing contract, dining contracts, all that kind of stuff, unenroll from all my classes, make sure I didn't have to do anything else. Um, and then after that, that after I did all that, that was when we were like, okay, this is like a final thing now. I'm 
no more college for me, <laughs> at least for the year. Yeah. yeah and that, so, that's yeah. And so I think that right now, one thing that I've noticed, at least with myself, is such like a strong need for community. And that's kind mm-hmm. of like the first thing that I think about um, in some ways when I think about taking a gap year is the idea of like, what yeah. if I'm like behind my peers and then I don't get to like have that sense of community or that I feel more isolated with them. And so how have you handled that and how has that been going for you? Um, at first, it was really isolating. Um, I, I did not like it because... I I see all my friends and they're talking about all the classes that they're involved in and I see everything that they're doing and it's like, oh wait, I'm not doing that. Should I, should I be doing that? Um, But I've come to realize that I actually started kindergarten a year earlier. So in terms of age, I'm actually going to be like now have like a similar age of the people that I'm starting college with. Um, And I've also done a lot of talking um, with friends, with my family about, how it's really not having an impact. It's not going to put me behind. Um, If anything, I think it is putting me ahead um, because I've gotten a lot of real world experience, which is important. Um, I will say that my real world experience is definitely not like super accurate or in comparison to like the real, real world um, because my parents have been incredibly supportive. They have given me access they, their deal was, I just can't sit around and do nothing. Like, I, I will have unlimited access to resources, do what, be able to do whatever I want to do. I just can't do nothing. Um, and they wanted it to be a beneficial experience. And so I, I have been working on a political campaign, Heidi Campbell's campaign. Um, and I've also been doing some stuff with Joe Biden's campaign and Beto O'Rourke, who has a PAC. Um, I've done some phone banking with him. That That's like more volunteer. Um, it's not as intensely as I've been working on Heidi's campaign. Um, and I've had so much fun doing that. And it's definitely opened my eyes to maybe what I want to be doing in the future of my career. Um, and after that, it didn't feel quite as isolating um, because I, I kind of found a community in the people within that. Um, and also, I just... I still have the community of my friends. I have the community of my family. Um, so it, it was at first a very isolating experience and I had to get over a lot of preconceived biases that I had. Um, but now it is not as isolating. Although I do say I really would love to be hiking in Colorado right now. I really would. <laughs> I think we all would, honestly. Um, but I, I totally understand that, especially coming from an, an environment in a school like we do, where it is really academically competitive. And there's constantly this pressure on you to overachieve and to be the very best and to just kind of, there's like an urgency about it all. And I think that that, that would continue yes. through with that, like, need to go to college. Um, and diving into like a little bit what you're talking about with your campaigns, how did you get involved in that? And how has that maybe shaped your perspective of what you want to do um, in the future? I mean, I know you obviously being um, interested in political science, like that was already kind of something that you were like exploring, but how has that shifted? Um, so I started getting involved with the campaign back in late July um, because someone actually posted something on in- Instagram about like interning for the campaign. And I was like, oh, this sounds like a fun thing to do. Um, I still wasn't planning on taking a gap year yet. So I, I was I was like, this is a fun way to spend my time uh, until I go to college. And it was a fun time. You know, like at first I just started off doing phone banking. Um, 
And I actually discovered that I really liked voter outreach and talking to voters. Um, and I did very well in it, I, at least I believe, because the campaign got like several emails from conversations that I had with voters. Um, and the conversations I had were quite long and they involved a lot of policy talk, which is something that I love. I love the research behind reading about different policies. That, that's a big part. I've always been interested in like scientific researchy type stuff. Um, and I also talk about politics a lot, like the electoral college, everything. I, I talk about it all the time, like with my family, with friends, even before I started working. Um, and then after kind of July, August, I got to do be a lot more involved um, and take on more organizing responsibilities, which has been really stressful, but it's also incredibly fun. Um, I will say I do love the policy and the talking to people more, um, but that I really realized that talking about policy is something and researching policies and talking about it is something that I really love. And I was like, there is definitely a career path um, that involves me doing this. Um, and I definitely want to incorporate my love for like environmental science into that as well. Um, but that that's kind of what shaped it. And that's how it's shaping my view is that I, I, I definitely want to do that. It's very much solidified that this is something that I want to do that I, I need to do it. It fulfills me very much. Yeah, and I think that that is so exciting. And there's so much like of a stigma. Um, I feel like almost sometimes more with your peers than even adults, but also with adults as well, about taking a gap year. And I think it's so cool to see you finding that fulfillment, especially right now when I think that we are all seeking like our purpose and our drive, especially in something like quarantine where we're thrown off of our routines. And that kind of brings me around to the topic of mental health. Um, especially right now. And yeah. so how have you been affected right now um, with everything? Um, I would say, okay, beginning of quarantine, I actually did quite well. Um, I, I think it was because of all of the excitement, but it really started to hit me um, like end of April when my graduation. And so I was, I was very upset and anxious like most of May through July. Um, but then I started working on the campaign and that brought me a sense of purpose which improved my mental health right now i'm i'm like very very anxious because just of the state of like our elections are in um two days we will find out if trump will be our president for four more years in two days um that is not something i personally want i i don't i honestly am not friends with any trump supporters um i, I couldn't imagine but i also just can't imagine four more years i can't I have no idea what I'm going to be doing. And based off like the research I've done, it does not seem likely that Trump will win again. There's just not a real possibility of it happening, but that doesn't stop me from thinking about it. Um, and I definitely want Heidi to win because she is a great person, has great policies, um, and everyone on the campaign has put in so much work, including Heidi herself. I just, I want the best possible outcome. Um, and so, I, I'm stressed, but overall very well and fulfilled. I'm just incredibly stressed. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think especially right now. I mean, we always have these chosen valleys um, and like ups and downs in our lives. And I think that quarantine has exacerbated that. And so I especially understand since this is so like this current election um, and the state of things right now is so wrapped up in what you've been doing during quarantine. And kind of diving into a little bit of something that, that you and I have talked about. Um, and I know that you had mentioned to me earlier with eating disorder and eating disorder recovery. 
And I think yes. that I know for me as well, um, I, had, I consider myself um, kind of like, I would, I would have said, quote unquote, like recovered probably before. And I think that this quarantine for me, oh, me has showed me a lot of holes in my yeah. recovery. And so can you kind of dive into that and talk about that a little bit? Yes, because when right before quarantine, I, I was finally, I felt like in a place where I was fully recovered, you know, I was so when I when I was first really began eating disorder recovery, I started a meal plan. Um, and it was three meals and three snacks a day. And I, I was finally feeling comfortable with that meal plan. Like, like I could do it without having a mental breakdown every single day. Um, and it was something that I felt like I could do. And I, 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 was, I really felt honestly that I was completely recovered. Um, I was very happy the months of like January, February, and March. I was very happy because honestly, I didn't think I had a lot of time to focus on it. And I think that's why... I believe that I was fully recovered because I would wake up at six every morning. I would go to school after school. I would go to swim or I would go to the gym or I would go on a walk with friends. And then I would go out to dinner with friends. And then I would go home and do homework and maybe hang out with my family for like 30 minutes. And I would go to bed and do it every single day. Um, and that didn't really give me a lot of time to truly focus on recovery. It, it didn't. Um, and I genuinely, I, I genuinely believe that I was recovered. Um, but when I went into quarantine, I began to realize that I was only really eating foods that felt safe to me, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and that was a big part in like my first stage of eating disorder recovery um, because the first time my eating disorder got really bad was when I was vegan. Um, and, I, and I clearly remember the first time that I had to eat meat again. Um, I had to eat a piece of a Tyson chicken strip. Um, and that, that was like one of my big fear foods. It, it's still slightly difficult for me to do. Um, but it, it took me two hours. It took me two hours to eat yeah. a piece of Tyson. And, and that's because of veganism. And I, I really did want to be vegan for the animals, but it created this really toxic mindset. But when I went into quarantine, I realized that there are certain foods that I just like, I never pushed myself to try. Um, and I just let myself eat the foods that I felt comfortable with. Um, and, and that was really hard. And it was especially really hard being at home with my parents 24 seven, because while I do love them, um, people in my family have their own issues with food, especially adult figures and authority figures. Um, and an adult and authority figures are something are people that I kind of idolize. And I've been trying really hard not to do that during quarantine and I've worked on it. Um, but I, I take very seriously the comments that people and authority figures and my parents give me. I, I take it very seriously. Um, so it's really hard to hear people make comments surrounding like weight gain, certain types of food um, and what you're eating. And my, parent, my parents don't do it on purpose um, and they have gotten a lot better throughout my eating disorder recovery. But it's still really difficult to say, cause like, are you sure you should be eating like another snack? Are you really hungry or are you just bored? And it's like in my head, it's like, I know I'm hungry like that. That's why I'm eating. But it's still so hard for me to like, I, and because then I'll think about it for the rest of the day. Um, yeah. And especially, it, it, it's just been hard. I, I, I think I have come out of it stronger. Um, and I consider myself to be like actively recovering right now. Um, because I, I, I think that if you're not actively trying to recover, you're kind of in like a stalemate and that it, at least where I am right now, it could be dangerous to not be actively recovering and to just sit. 
you know, if you're not actively trying to like challenge the thoughts about eating disorders when they come up, I don't think, at least for me, that's not real recovery. And it looks different for everyone, but that's kind of what it looks like for me. No, I 100% agree on pretty much everything that you said. I can't really think of anything that I disagree with, actually. Um, I say a lot of times that you are either like feeding your eating disorder or you're feeding your healthy brain. I mean, I think that that's really yeah. true. It's like every decision, you're either you're picking one or the other. There's no like gray area. That's mm -hmm. pretty black and white. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so I, I can imagine, because luckily my parents have been very mindful. I have had eating issues in my family with authority figures, but I think that they've been very mindful about the comments that they make. And I think that also during quarantine, um, in my own personal experience, it, it was kind of good at the beginning, like you said. And, but then when I had more time and I had less control, I looked very, very immediately for something to control. And that was my eating disorder, something that I could grab onto. And it was also just allowing me to just kind of like sit, like you said, and sit with these things and be like, oh, wait, I'm like very much in a routine with my life, but also very much in a routine with my food and all of these things that I'm just clinging to. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this and this and this. I need this food and this food and this food. And not really explore yes. deeper. And I think that, you know, quarantine did give us a lot of time for so many things, but one of them was a lot of introspection. And overall, I was kind of wondering, because obviously you've had like two um, different things that you've touched on. Like one was very fulfilling and one was also kind of um, just more introspective and a little bit more difficult. So do you overall feel that quarantine mm -hmm. has been beneficial for your mental health or has it been negative in some ways for your mental health? I I want to say that it has been a net positive. Um, not to say that there has it has not been negative because I like like I mentioned earlier, May through July was definitely I was very anxious. I was not doing well because I didn't like 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 you mentioned earlier, eating disorders are about control and that's kind of how my brain works too. Like it like it craves perfection. It wants everything to be to a T exactly like a plan. My brain likes plan, it likes routine. Um and I, I don't like not knowing things. Um, and so when I don't know what's gonna happen with my college, I don't know what's gonna happen with pretty much any anything that that's what I want to turn to. Um, but I am grateful for quarantine overall because I wouldn't be taking a gap year. I wouldn't be where I am now um, in my eating disorder. And honestly, I feel like my eating disorder could have gotten much worse if it weren't for me being able to push it and challenge it through quarantine. Um, because like you said, I, I had a meal plan. So I would eat this, eat this, eat this, at like this time of day. And quarantine kind of like threw that up in the air because I didn't have a schedule anymore, you know? Like I didn't have to wake up at six. I didn't have to do, have like planned out times for lunch. I, you know, I had to kind of feel, figure it out on my own. Um, and well, not on my own. I, I had the support of like my family, but I, I, it was something that I had to like really reach deep within me to find and be comfortable with. And like, I still even now have days where like, I, I really struggle. Like last night was a big one um, because I, I love Halloween. It's one of my favorite things. But one of the reasons my eating disorder began was because my parents never really kept candy in our household and they always prided themselves on being like super healthy. So they made my, my parents made my sister and I these like Halloween baskets for for not Christmas, um, for Halloween last night. And I was so excited because I love Halloween candy, but it's like a big deal because my parents like 
even now hardly ever keep candy in our house, which is a whole nother thing with eating disorder recovery that makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, yeah. But it was hard. It was really hard for me to like be happy about it because I was, but in the back of my head, it was like, oh my gosh, like, like they never do this. And then I was stressed about it. I was like, I haven't had this in so long. Like, oh my goodness. And, you know, I try my best to like actively try like desserts and stuff, which are like a big, that that's a big fear food for me in eating recovery. Um, but, and, and I was able to eat the candy. It was just a really big stressor that I honestly didn't expect to come up because I was like, I, I'm able to eat ice cream now, no problem. I've been, I've been doing a lot of cooking. Um, so I don't, I don't know why that was like such a big thing for me, but I was able to challenge it and I was able to do it, even though it made me like incredibly uncomfortable. Um, but overall, I would say net positive because at least now I'm able to challenge those thoughts instead of like push them away and ignore it. Yeah. And I want to say for one, I am very, very proud of you because I know that that is so, so challenging. And I think that I totally agree with what you said. Not being on that schedule, it's made me have to be like forced me to be so much more intuitive and have to listen to my body and be like, okay, like I'm waking up at a different time. I'm going to bed at a different time. I'm not like in this class right here, right now. And so I think, I think that it, it was definitely a challenge, but I, I would agree for my own personal experience that it was like a net positive. And I think that it, I'm just very proud of you. And it's very cool to see you yeah. um, recognizing all of those things about yourself and being aware. And I think that, yeah, there's so many things with our brains. I love this like quote. It was basically saying that we know more about like space than we do about the real way that our brains work. Like we know about psychology, but we don't know like, mm -hmm. like why, for example, that um, was such a big thing for you when ice cream wasn't, you know? And so I think that there's yeah. like so many things that we just don't know about our brain and that our brains and that are very hard to explain and that's just it's so interesting and I just am very proud of you and also um I know that since we were just talking about it a few minutes ago before we talked about all of the eating stuff that mm -hmm. your purpose lot right now has to deal with the elections and policy and things like that and with all of that kind of coming to a close very soon what are you looking to do for the rest of your gap year and what do you um anticipate going on and being your purpose through that yeah, so when my parents and I first started talking about my gap year, we had no idea that Corona would still be this bad um, in November and probably even throughout the winter. Um, and my initial goal is to do some traveling like in the spring, um, like international traveling, but since no country will let us into their borders because of coronavirus, that probably won't be happening. Um, I'm definitely going to take a break like November, December to kind of try and enjoy the holidays with my family. Um, I definitely, I have a lot of reading to do. I love reading. It's like, it's one of my favorite things to do. I love reading books. And I haven't had a lot of time to do that over the past couple months. Um, and there's a lot of books that I want to catch up on and read through. Um, and I also want to spend a lot of time with my sister because she's doing virtual school right now. Um, and our hours kind of conflict with like what I've been working on. Um, and so I don't get to spend a lot of time with her even though we live in the same house. And I don't get to spend a lot of my time with my dad either because he we have an office in our home. Um, and so that's where he's been working because he works at Vanderbilt and they're fully remote until like January at least. Um, so I would say for November, December, definitely a break. Um, but after that, I'm definitely going to be applying for some internships. At first, there was this one that I wanted to do in Boston, but that's just not something I can do with coronavirus. Um, 
and, and typically like in the world of politics, that's how it kind of works. Like people pretty much take a break like in December um, and then regroup in January. So I'll definitely be applying for some internships um, over the winter and see where that leads me. Um, and they'll definitely be policy focused. But then again, if Heidi is elected, um, and I'm really hoping that she will be, I will hopefully be able to intern with her at the Capitol. Um, and that'll be a much more full-time thing. Um, there's no like promises there yet, but that is very much something that I would, I would like to do and would love to do actually, because like, it would be a lot more research-based and that I really love that. And I also love voter outreach. Um, and, and after that, I really have no idea. I, I know that regardless of how Corona is um, in June and July, that I, I'll, I'll definitely be going back um, to see if I'll, I'll be going there um, in August for move-in, regardless, just because I, I'm excited, even though I'm pretty content with where I am right now, I, I really do want to go to college and it's something that I'm looking forward to. Um, but hopefully it won't be too bad and we'll be able to make more of a vacation into it um, because my family and I like love going on vacations together and that has something that has been made a little bit more difficult with COVID and I don't know I, I'm really hoping that we'll be able to do some hikes in southern Colorado and Wyoming before I move in um, and also just visit CSU before I move in too so probably sometime in April or March um, but other than that, that's pretty much all I have planned. And that, that's a really weird thing for me to say because yeah. I normally like to have things planned out very far ahead. I know that might be the same with you too, to like know exactly. Um, but I don't really know exactly. I couldn't, I couldn't give you like an exact day-to-day -day plan of what I have going. And I think that's kind of like the beauty of it. You know, I think that's something that I've learned to appreciate is not having an exact plan or something that I have to do. I can kind of, I have the freedom to do what I want. And that's really nice. Yeah, I think that that is so cool. And you nailed it. Like that is something that I struggle with a lot too. I'm used to having things so regimented and things so routine and having so many expectations placed on me um, internally and externally that I kind of just am forced down maybe like a certain path regardless of questioning like do I really want to be doing this um and so yeah. I think that that is so beautiful and kind of to close things up what is the biggest lesson that you would say that you've learned from taking your gap year so far whether that's about yourself or whether that's just um kind of about the world around you what's kind of like that big takeaway that you've had so far or one piece because I know that that's very daunting to be like oh pick the biggest yeah. thing <laughs> I'm not sure. I would say a big part of it is to just stop taking myself so seriously and putting such ridiculously high expectations on myself. Um, because and I, I don't really have any expectations now because everything has been so thrown up in the air. And obviously, it's still really good to push yourself and see what you can accomplish. Um, but I at Hume Fogg um, and in all of my extracurriculars that I did, I always would set incredibly high expectations for what I wanted to achieve. Um, and, you know, I was able to achieve them most of the time, but not without undue stress um, and anxiety that it caused me. And COVID has caused me a lot of anxiety. And, and I've begun to realize that there's a lot of things I don't have control over. And as much as that sucks, I just, I can't, I can't put too much pressure on myself. I can't take everything too seriously because I was already planning out like back in May, like exactly like what grades I needed to go to law school, like what classes I needed to make sure I could go to law school. Like I was already planning all of that out. I already had it all in my head and thinking back on that, that feels crazy to me now because while it's not wrong to have like a general plan, I just, 
I don't really feel the need to plan everything to a T anymore. Like I'm, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to take the classes that I love and hopefully go to law school because that's what I want right now. Um, but I would say overall to just not set such high expectations and, you know, not take everything so seriously because it, it's not a bad thing to have fun. Okay. It's not bad. It's okay to have fun and, you know, relax. Yeah. And Audrey, you are just such a lovely and inspiring person. You're one of the coolest people that I know, one of the strongest people that I know. And I cannot wait to see the change that you make in the world. It is going to be so cool and you're already changing lives. So, yeah. Thank you. I think the same for you. Um, And thank you so much for having me on here. I really enjoyed it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Thank you to you. And thank you so much to everybody that was listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. And please remember to share, like, and subscribe. Have a great day.